Hey guys, it's Joseph Noop here. We're going to keep doing some of these little kind of pre-episode intros, so hopefully you kind of uh, enjoy them. I, I think they're a good chance to kind of put everything into context. So with JT Music, this week's guest, they're a music duo who uh, came to, to popularity after like when they were 16-ish years old in high school, they created a Halo-themed music video that went viral. And uh, ever since then, they've been making uh, a weekly video game-themed rap or rap battle or sometimes even music videos. And, of course, the old stuff is a little cringy. It's a little silly. It's what you would expect a bunch of 16-year-olds to make. But now they've got this business, and it's really popular. They have 2 million followers on YouTube, uh, you know, probably like 40 or 50,000 followers on Twitter or whatever. And I'm really fascinated by just how much they put out and how good it actually is. Uh, they make video game themed rap battles and YouTube videos. And how do you do that week in and week out? Some people, some musicians, uh, like maybe if they're like a Patreon kind of thing, they'll do a monthly project. And it really doesn't seem to impact the quality of the music uh, when JT Music Duo uh, creates something week to week. So. I got the chance to talk with them, kind of reflect back on 10 years of making music, building up community, the kind of games that molded them up, and just the, what their thoughts are on the, the multitude of uh, YouTube-based kind of music acts out there, and where that whole side of the internet has come from, and where they think it's going. So if you're a music hound like me, I hope you enjoy this one. I hope it kind of teaches you something interesting or you just enjoy it. I had a lot of fun talking to the boys. And as always, if you like the music you're hearing right now or the music that you hear as part of the theme song, that's Zach Buckley, who you can find at zwbuckley.com. And here's the show. Well, hello again, and welcome back to the 1099 podcast. I'm your relatively new host, Joseph Noop. And as always, I'm grateful that you're here with us. And I'm really grateful to have today's guest, two, two guests at once, which I think might be a first. Actually, no, I take that back. Josiah has had two people on at once, but never two people involved in like the same business or project. It's just been like two or three friends at once for like a game of the year show or anything. Anyway, I've got John and Christian from JT Music here. And they're celebrating 10 years of producing video game themed music, uh, specifically some of those like fun rap battles that you'll see on YouTube. And I got to say, guys, I I only like started listening to you about a year ago. But uh, in that time, I've been like just routinely impressed by the the work you guys have put out. How does it feel to be looking back at 10 years of music? still hasn't really sunk in <laughs> uh by the way thanks for having us on the on the show we appreciate thanks for coming it. on yeah um, but yeah it, it we keep joking that it still hasn't really sunk in for us um it's a blessing for sure that we've been able to do this for 10 years and especially over those 10 years figure out how to make it our full-time career uh but i don't know john how, how do you <laughs> it's, i mean it's obviously surreal and uh... <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not necessarily speechless, but like it's hard to put into words, I guess, is, is what I'm... Is, your, uh, your musical careers are like, they're they're almost old enough to start their own like crappy middle school pop punk band is the way yeah. I kind of look at it. And I say, we, that, I say that having been in three. 
Hey, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we still feel like, you know, like kids, you know, just yeah. trying to figure it out and trying to find our way. And it's just, it's crazy that we've been doing it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for the people who maybe aren't as familiar with JT Music, uh, you're part of, uh, right now, you're part of like the, the Rooster Teeth uh, family, correct? And uh, yeah. started like kind of under the Machinima umbrella. And uh, now, now it's just Rooster Teeth, right? Yeah, we're partnered with uh, Rooster Teeth. We're still independent, uh, but we're just we're partnered through them. So they help us with ad deals and merch and some of these kind of business side things that uh, just other revenue generating mm-hmm. things. Um, but we still operate as an independent business. And uh, yeah. So so for the people who don't know you as well, uh, give me a rundown of like where this all started. I know you guys have talked about it a little bit before and you've kind of recapped it here and there, but uh, what's the kind of the, the quick version of how JT Music got started? Well, we tell it all the time, but I love, I love telling it. I love going down memory lane. <laughs> uh, it's pretty simple. Pretty much in high school, uh, John moved away. And uh, we kept in touch by playing Xbox and I was starting to get into music production. He was starting to get into like making video game montages and editing with his capture card. Um, so he was just like, dude, why don't you like make a Halo rap and I'll make a music video for it. And we can submit it to this website called Machinima where they post all these video game music stuffs. And yeah. John had already introduced me to Red versus Blue. So that was kind of our of course. inspiration. Yeah, um, I think back then Machinima had like, 100,000 subscribers at most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was still cool then and, and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was cool to be on Machinima. And it was kind of, we just tapped into this big audience already, even though we didn't have one ourselves. So it kind of jump started our confidence and some of our, uh, I guess, our clout. Yeah. So we were able to grow from there. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. how that's how it started. And I think that that's so fun to hear. You know, it, it, it always seems to begin as like just a conversation between friends, right? Especially like when you're like 16 or high school age or something like that. You know, so you see some of the the more like entrepreneurial guys uh, or girls try to, you know, I, I've been in that like car late at night with my friend driving him home and being like, yo, I've got this idea. What do you think? And it's just like whether it's a band or like a show you want to do or like a video you want to make for a class or something like that. It, it, those are always kind of like the most exhilarating things as a young person, when you've got like ideas you want to produce. Right. Yeah, for sure. And when you have the time and the resources to be able to do it, like yeah. when we were, we were in high school when we started, so we didn't have like full-time careers or anything. Yeah. We could set aside a lot of time to even, I mean, even through college, you know, college, you actually have a lot more free time than you would, pretty much the most free time you have ever. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, I took 18 hours of classes every semester and I still Oof. like, we still know. cranked out. Yeah, content. I, still all the, <laughs> I mean, I took all those classes, worked hard on all these videos and I still had time to just do nothing too. So yeah, that's just something funny about college is there's a lot of dead time. And the, I mean, there's, that's what we chose to do with it was make money, money and yeah, like pursue a passion and help us pay off. College. Craft. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah, going off of what you're just saying, uh, about like how it's so exciting and so much fun when you get like a new idea and especially when your friends are on board to mm-hmm. do it. Um, I, one of the things that I'm really proud of is that we never started this with like a vision for a business. It kind of became mm-hmm. that, but it all started from just this, like, Hey, this is going to be fun. Like, let's just do this. We don't care if we make money. It's just going to be fun to do. Yeah. That's like, we always get, that's kind of one of the questions we always get at Q and A's is like asking for tips or, I, I like help with starting a YouTube channel. 
And the, the thing we always like to say is make sure you're doing it because you want to do it and have fun. If you mm. go into it because you want to make money, uh, you're very likely to be disappointed and it might not mm-hmm. last as long. Yeah. And, and why are you doing it really beyond that? Like do you, why are you, like, yeah. it, it's not a good enough justification, I think for taking a big risk. You, and you, you got to love something and, and, and the, hopefully the rest works out. Yeah. And that, that, that's so funny to hear too. Cause like the d- doing it for simply the love of it, I think is, is arguably the most important thing that anyone can do when they jump into a, a creative uh, career or like f- stumble into a creative career. Right. And uh, when I was a junior in high school, my thing was making little like short videos for my broadcast class and it's still out there. I think it might be like buried on my Facebook somewhere. I've got a 20 minute like magnum opus uh, where it was like a, it was like a big tribute to the outgoing senior class who I was friends with a lot of them. And it was going to run at their like graduation ceremony. And it was this like weird zombie apocalypse thriller, uh, where like they all caught senioritis and that turned them into like 28 days later zombies. And to, to, to get to the point, uh, uh, there was a scene like early on where it's like, oh, seniors, they've they've helped us do so much, you know, get the girl and and uh, and the second point was like, do our homework. And I had this like creative fit. I'm going to record my couple of friends in a bathroom burning some homework on fire. <laughs> and we lit we lit some homework on fire, like flame and everything. We doused it in the sink like 30 seconds later. But like, I put that in, I put that in the final draft I submitted to the teacher and she's like, yo, what the shit? And, uh, <laughs> was it in uh, the school too? Yeah, this was in the oh, school. Oh, man. This, this was in Bad the, boy. we, we happened to be in like the middle school bathroom for some reason. I think we might've been like during the theater practice or something like that. But, uh, I was like, no, don't you dare take it out. This is artistic freedom. And is, I was like, yeah, yeah, man, dude, and, you, you would have been best friends with us in high school. Oh God. <laughs> Can't do censorship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My freedom of speech. Uh, yeah. but, you know, we, we all got like a week in school suspension for that, but I was uh, being the little, little asshole. I was, I was just like, no, this is totally worth it. Totally worth it. My friends were just like, we hate you so much. Oh, for sure. But yeah, so what at, at what point did you guys start to think of JT Music as as like a business venture? Like, because that's that's always if there's anything scarier than like making a creative thing with friends and trying to collaborate like that and not butt heads too much. It's even scarier to make it your living and and to like try to build it up that way. When did it first become apparent to you that you you either wanted or could do something like that? Um, well, there's always treated it seriously, I guess, in terms of like a business or just like, even when it was just for fun, we, we kind of treated, we just tried to, we realized we had something cool here and we didn't take it for granted and we kept with it and we kept our eyes out for new opportunities. We were trying new things and we're always just looking for ways to improve. And, and when money starts coming in, you know, trying to figure out, Hey, how can we make more? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, when it really clicked is when we started to systemize and do a video every week, I would say. And then somewhere along that line, we were able to go full time. And I mean, basically yeah. it was when, when, the, when this, uh, when the, when the YouTube channel and the iTunes money is greater than the job I have right now, then that that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to go full time with JT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think another reason why I say we're blessed and of course we work really hard, but we're also lucky 
is that we were able to make that transition. Like even with our full-time jobs, we were able to do this on the side and it finally grew to a point where we could comfortably take the risk to be like, okay, now we're making more money from this than our jobs. Let's do this full-time. Um, but yeah, still with that, there's a little bit of scariness jumping yeah. into a new career that you're self-employed, but it's also exciting and, uh, it's your baby. So you want to, you want to milk it and see it grow. Not milk it. Or <laughs> nourish, nourish it. it. Yeah, milk yep. that sucker for all it's worth. Baby. Bleed it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. So what, like, what age were you guys? Was this post-college or during college or what? When we started doing the the week-by-week -week video thing. I think I was 23 or 20, maybe 21. Yeah. And so, then... And then a few years later, so like, I mean, just still, still early 20s, all within the 20, yeah. 25, this all happened mm -hmm. uh, each respectively, where we, we realized it had all the potential and we buttoned down and made it really firm and, you know, and got was... an LLC, got CPAs, like did all these things. And then we, we went full time and when the money made sense. So yeah, again, I guess somewhere in the 20 to 25 range yeah. of, our, of our lives. And you guys are only uh, about 26, 27, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, so I you're the, exact... that down in the, the 20 to 23 range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna say you're, you're, you're my age. So like, you know, the, the professional jealousy is off the charts here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, you're, you're not the only ones making video game music though. There has been like this weird boom of it. I, I used to listen to, uh, I still listen to miracle of sound. Um, like mega ran is one of my favorite kind of gaming themed hip hop artists. Uh, and wh why do you think video game music, not like video game soundtracks, but just music about video games or incorporating video game themes, why do you think it took off in like the last maybe five, maybe 10 years? Um, I always, my, my theory is always, it's a value add to the thing people love. Um, yeah. like the whole reason I would search for YouTube videos is I just want to see more forms of this content about something I like. So I want, I don't know, uh, uh, GTA, you know, I love GTA. I played the game. I did everything in the game. Now I want to see what else is there about GTA. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something we can fulfill. And uh, a lot of creators, not even just music creators can fulfill. And I think that's generally why it can do well. And then on top of it, I don't know if you want to talk I think, about music I think itself. YouTube, I think YouTube is a big reason. Yeah. The fact that YouTube is such an outlet for gaming and people and just the rise of the internet, like the music industry, you don't have to be part of a record label anymore. You can just, yeah. you can get really good music making software, make music from your own dorm room or bedroom and make good quality music and put it on YouTube, which is a great place to get discovered, not just for music, for anything. So I feel like what John just said on top of the fact that YouTube and uh, yeah, it's a great place that anybody can put their, their creativity out there. And I mean, YouTube's a search engine, so yeah. I guess once there was the base of people doing this and it starts to circulate, mm -hmm. then people would search. I don't know, like, what yeah. do I, I like. I don't know. I like Rugrats. I wonder if there's a Rugrat rap. You just type in Rugrat, Rugrats rap, <laughs> and <laughs> if uh, someone, if... I, I shouldn't have picked that example, but um, and then you'll you'll maybe you'll find it, you know. So that I mean, that's like, I mean, it's a search engine in it's, the end. It's like the, a it's like a less scandalous version of rule 34 or something like that if it exists there probably exists a yeah. rap version of it on youtube yeah, yeah that's a really good way to put go. it yeah hashtag trademark yeah, yeah. 
but so, <clears throat> and you know, the, something like uh, I, 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 before this interview, I went back and I was like double checking, like maybe some of the videos I had missed. And I was like, oh, cool. They did one for like Bindi and the ink machine. And I started thinking about like, I listened to the, um, cause I think there's two versions of Bindi and the ink machine, right? Uh, that, mm-hmm. and I listened to the, like the harder rap one, uh, and really loved that. And to me, I was thinking along the lines of like, if I just heard this song, I, I guess I would probably still listen through it all the way, but because there's this video component and like, of course there's this fun animation, uh, that was produced for you guys. And, uh, the, this like story elements, you know, seeing, um, I forget the goofy analogs name, but seeing him sing along with the music, it was, it was, it made it more fun. And I think that that's probably plays a factor, right? Is just, even with something like your first video, the halo, uh, greatest ever, uh, seeing a goofy kid have fun builds it up a little bit. Right. Oh, for yeah. sure. I think, yeah. uh, I mean, there's two things or two ways that it can be looked at. One is they're kind of, video game trailers like our new new takes on video game trailers and it kind of fulfills that need and a musical need as well for people so that's that's one way and then the other one is uh the theatrical nature of it so like the greatest ever the one you just brought up i would say is more of a theatrical one where people can go and take a ride through halo and this kid playing halo um where on the contrary you have a, a call of duty rap which is just like bombastic loud catchy cool clips you know and explosions it, it, and guns yeah like, and so yeah. that one would be, would be more like a trailer so I think, and I, yeah i say every single week when i finish a song i'm usually like very rarely i'm super stoked about a song but I, a lot of times i'll just be like oh, i'm not feeling this and then once i watch the video that john puts together i'm like oh that totally brings all my visions for the song that brings mm-hmm. it all to life it's just like really wraps it up and yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way with like the podcast and, and anything like audio visual that I produce, like up until the last minute, I'm just like, this sucks. I, I have made the biggest mistake of my career or whatever, you know, and, and when it all comes together and like audacity doesn't like crash on me for the 90th time, I'm like, I've got it. I've got it. It was the same way with that, uh, that video I mentioned the where I burn <laughs> homework. Uh, I worked for like three weeks on that and like had to beg the teacher, you know, like, please let me stay after class to do this. I won't burn the school down. I promise. Wink, wink. And, uh, it it wasn't until like it all came together and actually funny. We talk about halo, the big climactic battle sequence in that video, uh, was set to the, I guess the halo three theme, um, the dumb, 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 dumb. And no, with the piano. So like, even, even at that age, I get like why you want to make, you want to put like that, trailer like quality of something like halo in your product right yeah i mean there's even some cases where the the cinematic trailer or announcement trailer the song takes a heavy influence from that or Mm. i don't know even even the mass effect uh rap just had the two steps from hell song (laughs) yeah it was which isn't even it was pretty much, it was like remixed into the beat, but it was pretty much the full two steps from hell song that I just wrapped over and put some like boom bap samples behind it. <laughs> um, but, oh yeah. And th- I think those are some of my favorite projects too. The ones that are very orchestral cinematic. Uh, those are really fun to make. Um, yeah. I love yeah. getting people hyped. <laughs> love it. So 
tell me tell me about like uh, one of the things that i'm fascinated by is i i feel like most of the the music groups or just musicians who who take a video game focus if they make a career out of this it's maybe like a once a month uh video slash song you know maybe like a, a patreon or whatever but like their their like level of productivity seems to be like once a month you guys have been doing like once a week right for a while yeah, yeah, since pretty much like 2014, I think. How, like, how? That, that, even. Oh, right, actually. <laughs> Just how do you do once a week? Well, man? granted, there, there's some weeks where we'll have. Yeah, we, we an strategically put, we have projects that we get done ahead of time, or we contract out an animator. We, we do certain things so that, that, that one week out of every month, we have something ready so we can essentially take a week off. Uh huh. Um, well, we, we work that week, but in terms of like having to, it's it, nice sometimes to spend more time on yeah. one project and like, cause there are definitely music videos that the whole thing gets done in a matter of like five days. But I think our best projects are ones where we gave ourselves a little breathing room, had more time to like either play the game or think about the project or work on the song. Um, but we, we space it out to, and we've been doing it so long that we've figured out how to space it out and give ourselves a break so that we don't burn out. Um, yeah, but... and that's what a lot of the, I mean, there are a few that, that do keep up with the week to week stuff as we do. And um, a lot of them had to, had to pull back, mm -hmm. especially if they're a one man team. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the other ones are, are managing burnout at a much more difficult rate than I say we are with um, throwing in, the the uh we call them easy weeks even again though even though we're not we're not um we're not taking a break yeah <laughs> we're still working it's just relative week. it's yeah. a little less brain power for that week so we can again just manage our creative juices and uh just avoid burnout yeah and like john said having a two-man team like having john to manage the business and i just make the songs it really helps split up that division of labor whereas a lot of our friends uh, are just one man teams yeah. or one woman teams, not just all men in this scene. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that definitely helps us ev evade burnout for sure. Did you guys, did you guys ever actually like struggle or like reach uh, a point close to actual burnout? Cause uh, even, even after like four years of, of being a freelance games journalist and I went full time earlier uh, or March, 2018, uh, I just this week, like today, today I took a, a personal day off from my uh, uh, quote unquote day gig with Daily Dot because I just felt burnt out. I, I'd been pulling like three all nighters. Did you guys struggle with that at any point and like have to create your own solution or was it kind of always well managed? Um, I think we, we well manage it now because we realize we got close to that or that we're playing with fire, I guess, in <laughs> regards, regards to getting close to that yeah um but we i mean we with the pacing we have we're def like we were in a growth stage and now we're, we you can call it a lifestyle stage and so while even if we were to do a new an original song every week um the pacing of the of coming into the office and everything is still in like 40 to 50 hours a week mm -hmm. um i don't know <laughs> and yeah i mean I've never, there's never really come a point for me where in terms of burnout, like wanting to quit mm. I, there has, from the moment we started this, there was never a point where I was like, I don't want to make nerdy music anymore. Like there was never a point. There have been a lot of points where 
I'm either exhausted or drained or I have writer's block. Like me personally, that's my biggest issue is writer's block, not being able to write mm-hmm. something. But I, always, I can imagine, especially at that pace. Yeah. Um, but I, I always get through it. Like there are weeks where I feel like I'm never going to write a catchy song again. But like I, I've been doing it so long that I'm always telling myself, you're going to break through this. Um, so it's just, yeah. yeah I, but there's never been a point where I was at the burnout where, of like thinking about stopping this. Yeah. It's always been at the end of the day, fun and a blessing. Yeah, just preventative measures and being self-aware at the same time, even like on the shittiest day, it's like, well, I'm still working with video games and it's on YouTube and I have a following. So it's doing what I love. Yeah, Yeah. so there's a lot. I mean, even on the worst days, we know it's the the best gig we could personally each have probably. For sure. And, you know, I, I feel that way about like, I, I, I'm new into the, the 1099 podcast hosting job. It was Josiah for the previous, you know, 180 so episodes, but like, even, even though I was up, uh, late editing the first episode that went, uh, live the day we're recording this, it's, it'll be episode 184. Uh, even though I was up late and like getting real tired, just waking up this morning and seeing everyone, you know, praise it and, and seem to really enjoy it, uh, makes all the difference. Um, Mm-hmm. So from a, from a creative standpoint, is it, is it harder to, as a musician, uh, or like the, the business partner to a musician, is it easier to make a song that's like your own style, you know, a completely original thing that's not based on anything or taking notes from anything, or is it easier to look at a game and say like, okay, what kind of tone feel uh, an instrumentation, uh, evokes the feel of this game. Cause I feel like, especially if you're producing once a week, uh, it's gotta be surprisingly hard to say like, okay, what makes music from the Witcher or what makes music from Bendy and the Ink Machine make sense? What do you think? That's yeah, that's a really good, uh, question. And I think when I first started making beats, like our early stuff, a lot of the beats or the instrumentals or even the rapper song didn't necessarily fit the vibe of the game at all. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that a nerdcore song has to fit the game. But I think I was more experimenting with production and trying to figure out how to make a beat, how to make a dubstep beat, how to make an orchestral kind of instrumental. Um, But nowadays, I think that I do really like either watch John play the game, watch trailers to try to get inspired. Like what should this game's instrumental sound like? I feel like nowadays I take a lot more inspiration from the games themselves. And I do, I listen to the soundtracks and stuff to before I usually, before I start making the instrumental. Um, But back in the earlier days, it was more about just messing around, having fun. Probably feeling Um, your way through your music software. I imagine because that, that, I, yeah. uh, jo- Josiah was telling me like, yeah, go ahead and edit the podcast on audacity. I'm like, I know audacity. I don't know how to edit shit on audacity. So I just ended up editing a podcast and premiere, you know, a video, uh, tool, but I was like, nope, this is what I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Gets the job done. That's all that matters. Yeah. I'd started on garage band, yeah. which is pretty limited compared to logic pro, which is what I use now, but you can still make a lot of awesome stuff in any software. Yeah. As long as you know, the software, I remember, John started okay. on, uh, what'd you start on? Some like, I got like a capture card and it came with its own, its own editing software. So it was, oh no, <laughs> just some like 
crappy. It was Pinnacle Studio, so it wasn't even a real like. I don't, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, like what, <laughs> that means nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I so. gosh, the the like the first party uh, or like I guess third party in this case, kind of like editing software that comes prepackaged with certain things. Like I remember broadcasting class having like some weird, not quite. Uh, uh, it wasn't Adobe. It was like a vertical video editing software, not left to right, vertical. And I'm like, what the hell is this? What? I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> that is terrible. And uh, did wow. you guys ever, do you guys ever play around with Fruity Loops as kids? You ever, no. You ever hear of that Fruity one? Loops, that, isn't that just PC? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I a suppose Mac so. guy. Yeah, oh, okay. So it was it was always GarageBand for me. Um, yeah. I had a I had a friend who me and him loved like symphonic metal, uh, like Camelot or uh, uh, Camelot. That's the only one I can think of at this moment. But well, we would you just mentioned Miracle of Sound a minute ago. He does so much symphonic. <laughs> he has nailed the symphonic rock. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Hands down. I take so much inspiration from Gavin in terms of like how he especially for his orchestral like symphonic stuff and his choruses. He's a huge inspiration. He's awesome. What uh, what other inspirations have you guys taken from? Because uh, like we were talking about earlier, the, the scene has exploded and there have been people who have like been trendsetters in a way. Um, I mean, I always, my like for me, musically, my basic go-tos are like Justin Timberlake, Eminem. I love, I love Timbaland <laughs> and Dr. Dre's production styles, especially their, some of their older stuff. Um, but I also, I like some dubstep. I like some classical music, big band music. I, I classic just rock, classic rock. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I worshiped the classics like queen and Aerosmith for about 10 years of my life. I still do, but I went through a hardcore yeah. phase. So Bi- we I, like everything. I'm interested, I'm interested to hear more about big band music, like, like the kind of Frank Sinatra esque kind of like a, a small, uh, uh, brass section behind you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. My mom used to like. I, I remember she used to have this CD of like Benny. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Benny Benny Goodman, mm-hmm. I think. It's in the mood. It's like one of the most quintessential big band songs. But my mom used to. She went through a phase of big band music when I was a kid. And I remember secretly loving it. Like I would complain in the car, but like I couldn't stop like tapping my feet to it. Um, So I don't really listen to big band music now, but uh, like when we did that Bendy and the Ink Machine big band version, it was fun to go back and listen to some of those big band songs that I had listened to as a kid so much and secretly loved, but complained about it to my mom. (laughs) this is way more cool yeah you you haven't lived until like as a kid you've uh you, you've like rocked your head to like some music that was like 20 years older than you at that point i as a, as a kid like during the summer uh uh our garage never had cars in it but i would build like hot wheels tracks in there from time to time and i would take like a a three foot stretch of hot wheels track and like find my dad's boom box and play uh the who uh, pinball wizard like over and over again right. i cannot other than other than uh a tommy or whatever i cannot tell you another who song off of that album because i just listened to pinball wizard 60 billion times and like rocked out an air guitar in the garage 
Hey, that's that's a great one. The pinball wizard for me was like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for yeah. Queen. Like a yeah, it's a great song. And so when it comes to when it comes to like building up a business as as a musician, I uh, I, I always find it fascinating. I had to like reacclimate myself with like, okay, yeah, JT Music, I know them, I like them. And then I looked at your YouTube channel, I'm like, holy shit, 2 million subscribers or something like that. And that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's higher than like someone like uh, Gavin, Miracle of Sound. Uh, and and that must speak to like the either, either just the partnerships you've made as a business or just the way you've presented yourself to your community. Tell me how you've built up uh, a following like that and what are you doing to kind of, uh, how, how do you be a person that your fans want to like go to meet and greets with? Well, uh, first and foremost, I guess we're, we're hitting a lot of, we hit a lot of stuff. So, you know, we have everything from five nights of Freddy is a kid friendly mm -hmm. thing to, uh, um, a doom song, you know, a song about killing demons and blood and hell and stuff. So we, we generally like to make things that we're interested in and that, that is a wide range. And so we get, we can just, we are, we cast a larger net and on the important fortune, the flip side of that is that we get a lot of different fans and maybe not one specific kind of fan. Yeah. Um, so when we make songs that a person likes, you know, and they subscribe to us when they see these other kind of songs that B person would have liked more, they're not going to watch that. And so our subscriber base isn't usually a um, good indication mm -hmm. of our tried and true fans. Yeah. Um, it's not like a very centric. I yeah. mean, yeah, you just summed it up. Yeah. Like um, Craig from Game Attack, which is another YouTube channel, but he's, he told us you guys have uh, you guys have viewers, not fans, which, which yeah. uh, I felt like it was a pretty mm -hmm. fair um, way to put it. And which is fine, you know, that, that because we have way more um, viral potential, we get large amount of views. And because of that, the channel can grow. Um, and even if even if not, everyone's going to click on a video. We just have that that big number that generally as it gets bigger, even the smaller percentage of the core groups of fans will still grow um, within mm -hmm. that within that uh, big number. So um, I guess in terms of how we're doing, we just cover a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff was able to get viral. And when those things go viral, people people come aboard and uh, hopefully stay around and find more things that they like. Yeah. And John's always got his finger on the pulse of the game industry. So we're, we're always balancing what we like, what we genuinely think is interesting, or a game we'd play versus what we know is going to do well. Mm -hmm. um, like Five Nights at Freddy's, that was always mm -hmm. a cash cow for us. Even We loved the game when it first came out. I loved the lore and everything. It was fun making songs for it. But towards <laughs> once Scott Cawthon started to exhaust that franchise, it, we were both <laughs> like, oh my God. It's making it was around one. the like, it, what was it? It wasn't an MMO, but it was like an RPG, uh, like, eight bit rp Snaffle. yeah and i'm just like yeah. i i don't even know i watched i watched markiplier play because i'm like okay i'll entertain this what's what's the catch here is this like secretly another horror game is there a story here is there some interesting bit and it's like wait no i i don't think at least not as far as i got yeah there was nothing there. i was in the same boat as you i actually also watched watched markiplier play it too because he's the king of mm -hmm. FNAF. i yeah. love watching him play FNAF games but uh yeah um but it's turned into a fun meme now. So again, that that core uh, group of fans that I, I mentioned that is is somewhere in that two point six million. 
um they love that and that's kind of a fun meme that we can joke with them about and mm-hmm. have a recurring joke here and there so tell me tell me about the, <laughs> what, what are some of the the coolest fans you've met have they have they done anything to like in the way that you guys create music and have created this this ongoing business that itself is a a a testament to the cultural value of you know x y or z video game uh have have they contributed to you guys in any way like fan art or just uh you know doing something interesting for you guys yeah we have a a board of fan art so people can send stuff to our po box um we always get fan art on twitter instagram i always check the hashtags and and see what people have done um and then every i mean everyone we meet in person it's just uh like a, a treat, I guess is one way to put yeah. it. It's just like a, it's a good experience. It's it's humbling. It everybody's super nice. Yeah. We've never had like a mean or a bad interaction. Yeah, and, and like speaking to our the how far like spread our fan base is. We meet all sorts of fans. Yeah. Some are like dudes like us. Some are like little eight year old weeb girls who dress those up like anime. We love. Oh, them frankly, all, those are the best. It's all over. The <laughs> they're 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 adorable um, in their uh, uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure um so yeah and, and, and i mean on the internet we put a video out there and sure there's there could be a vi- video with a million views or whatever but you know we never the most we ever watched it was with each other in the same room and we made it so like the fact that we can meet these people um and put a face to the audience and not and so much that it's not a number anymore is always an awesome part of it and uh that's part of why we we go to cons now is really not for checking out the stuff there. It's for the opportunity to meet people and uh, just give them a chance to say, Hey, and talk to them. Yeah. And, and I really want to ask about uh, the, the music videos you guys have produced. Uh, I, I really loved the Fortnite video. The um, I believe it was a dark souls video and particularly for that Fortnite one that was like really like, well-produced, you know, it had, you had the bus and everything. You had everybody in like weird ass costumes that I'm sure you can buy for four ninety nine with V bucks. Uh, how, tell me how you guys kind of bring a music video together because that, that in itself has to be daunting even to you guys up to a certain point, right? It, it would yeah. be. <laughs> then that's, that's why we, uh, we hire yeah. a production crew. Um, but so, I mean, the song's created and, and that's our side of it. And then I'll help with production and, and art direction and stuff like that. But the the meat of it, and especially day of production, is the crew and the director. Um, but it's awesome because they're they're all our age. Uh, Wilmington is a where we are is a film town. Um, there's a film school here, and so we have this cool core nucleus of filmmakers who are our age and who will like the things we like, and they totally understand and grasp all of it. So it's pretty seamless in terms of uh, having the the vision come through from the song to the video that, that we make together with them. Um, so generally they're not super high stress things for us. I mean, it's, it's a hard 12 hour day on set. I mean, that, but that's a, that's one day, uh, you know, and the day's over. Um, and then the other thing was crunching out songs to then be made into a live action video and have that get edited. Cause that, that the fact that it's a live action music video elongates our production cycle, which is normally a week. Um, so the song basically just has to get done in advance. Yeah. As long as we can get the song done, then the rest of the process not not too hard on us. We pay our crew very well. So, <laughs> I and I got I got to imagine that like having a community of of video creators like that who are they've got to be they've got to be hungry and 
they they probably more inherently know the kind of visual motifs you're going for right yeah and and with them being hungry you know besides making their own passion projects the a lot of the things they have to do is is make wedding videos or a lot of like local contracting stuff you know which is still fulfilling and cool but i mean they always on the other hand you could you could recreate star wars you know and make a cool star wars music video so like everyone it's cool material and i think it's fun to share that experience with everyone yeah. And with that, everyone brings their, their best because it's it's fun. And I think that they always tell us, because we're super open to all their ideas, we don't overstep much at all um, in mm-hmm. terms of if they have like cool ideas for it. Um, so they love being able to, instead of working for some corporate company, they get to work with two nerdy creative dudes who just want to make a cool Fortnite music video or a Han Solo music video or something. Yeah. Um, instead so of like shooting cold medicine ads. Yeah. 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 I, uh, so looking towards the future and, you know, JT music doesn't seem to be like it's going anywhere, uh, other than up, but, uh, I, so like, I, I know, I understand like YouTube, you know, was kind of the, the birthing ground for a lot of, uh, video game theme music, uh, musicians. Uh, and then I, I used to read and watch all of the like old escapistmagazine.com series, which is where miracle of sound if i am not mistaken kind of got his start does the video game music like video culture or business whatever you want to call it does does it have anywhere left to go are there are there trends that you guys are like seeing kind of happen in the community that you know for better or worse you guys are kind of like keeping an eye on um i guess keeping an eye on the one day live show kind of format that a lot of creators have jumped onto. I mean, Achievement Hunter does it. Markiplier does it. They all do it. Um, and that's something that we're keeping an eye on. We'll probably never fully commit to like a tour or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> because of our production cycle, and, and that is where the money is. But in terms of um, a potential trend in the future, I think that's one thing. And, and at most, um, it'll be maybe every once every six months we get we do a one night show in a city and we already have something like that planned for um tennessee and nashville this year um mm-hmm. where we'll, we'll have we'll get all the nerd out nerdcore guys out and uh do a little one night show for whoever can come out oh wow um, so it'll then, be probably a relatively small event this year but yeah. we're hoping i mean maybe it's a it's it... a proof of concept kind of uh, event right now um we did we did it last year in austin and that one was just pretty simple. We got like 10 nerdcore groups, YouTube channels, and we hung out and then we did a meetup with fans. And then this week, I mean, this this new one this year, we're going to we're gonna do a little show, like a 50 to 100 person little show and uh, see how that goes. And then just continually kind of figure it, out, figure it out. But otherwise, I mean, YouTube is a great platform to push stuff out. Um, Spotify is starting to stand on its own. And a lot of a lot of creators that do what we do in the nerdcore space are able to actually actually make more money and make the bulk of their money from Spotify. Mm-hmm. So that's really taking a, a big, uh, a lot of focus for people too. That's interesting to hear. Cause I, I've always understood Spotify is kind of a little, uh, tough to make money on. Uh, it's, it's picked up and it's, I think it's just more and more users are using it. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, iTunes and iTunes libraries, I can't imagine any, any kid younger than, 22 even knowing that that's a thing they need to do or even wanting to do that so you just get apple music you pay a subscription fee so these music streaming sites are starting to just become the way to do it or the way 
um, and the focus of which uh, stories you sell to. And then even SoundCloud, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of in a weird um, limbo in terms of its uh, the way people regard it, but now that's monetizable too. Um, and we get really good traffic from that. And we just, and we, from a page we just created too. So, um, I don't know. We're just trying everything while not adding more work for ourselves. Yeah. And, and speaking of like just trends and trying to kind of keep up with the way it's all evolving. One thing I'm really curious about is so with, with a lot of the music itself being on YouTube and kind of it's, it's, the primary way we would digest a, a piece of JT music would probably be like through the YouTube channel um, for better or worse, you know, for better in the case of something like, like Bindi, I really loved the video. I think it like amplified the the fun of the song and maybe for worse, do, is there, is there a sense that like your music is a little more uh, ephemeral than an album that you can generally go back to and listen or, uh, have you guys not encountered anything like that? Is it pretty, pretty even keel? Um, cause uh, YouTube itself is, is a pretty, you know, quick paced. It's, it's got its 15 minutes in the sun kind of thing. And then it's moved on. Right. Uh, yeah. In terms of when a video, well, that's the thing that we can just music in general, um, is able to, to, to buck that, that trend is, or like, I don't know, like say you have a Markiplier Let's Play, you watch that video, you're not going to watch that again, unless it's like an all-time perfect, great, funny episode of his. But 95% of his videos, you're never going to look back at. But with our music, uh, people will come back and especially they'll love to see the video or if, if YouTube itself is the way they listen to the music, then then they'll keep coming back. So we, we I know Machinima kind of has gone black, but- Machinima's before, in a weird place. I have- yeah, yeah. Even, even- um, even last month, we, they were still giving us checks uh, of videos that came out in 2000, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. So these videos have a, have a long or just have like very long shelf life. And did did any of your content get uh, because because it, you used to be under Machinima's umbrella? Did anything get swept away as a result of that merger, if I may ask? Or are you like under NDA or something like that? Merger like the what just happened well yeah so like there was because of like otter media and it's a big something to yeah. do with like at&t time warner and then otter media which gave a portion of the video content over to f- uh, full screen and then full screen's like yo later we're not paying any of you anymore da, da, da. i don't know uh yeah. but like did any of your videos get scrapped they they still have them is what we've been told and uh, we're, yeah. we're, we're not also supposed to, I, I, we're not supposed to talk about it too much either. Cool, cool. Well, I, I'll, I'll just say this. Everybody thinks everything was deleted. Everything's just privatized. Yeah. So everybody's freaking out. It's still there. It's still there. They're just doing some reorganizing, I guess. Yeah. They're probably going to um, figure out what to do with it, but we're going to be filled in soon. And um, we yeah. still have all our old video files. So nothing of ours is actually lost. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fine. I got to imagine for like a, for like a let's player who like probably produces, like you said, like with Markiplier, you don't, you don't necessarily go back to watch those things. You probably don't also like save a lot of those files, but like with a music uh, career, you want to save that much more because it's, it's a lot more work has been put into it. So that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So yeah. uh, What is on the horizon for you guys as we wrap up here? uh, Anything you guys are looking forward to or any songs that you guys are uh, uh, really looking forward to tackling or hell, what are you playing? Are you excited for Resident Evil 2 like I am? I 
I just, I was going to say, I heard you t mention Resident Evil 2 when we first started talking. Yeah, super. That's what we're working on right now is Resident Evil yes. 2 rap. And so excited for that game. Um, I never played the original Resident Evils back in the day. I had an N64. I think they were on N64, but I wasn't on It was PSX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I went back and watched a lot of the old games just to like get myself in the mindset to make the song. And those games still, I mean, sure, they look derpy now, but they still kind of hold up yeah. a little bit considering how old they were. Um, but the new Resident Evil 2 looks incredible. So this episode will be up like well after it comes out because it comes out on f Thursday or Friday. And Friday. Uh, this this will go up I exactly a week from when we're recording. So it'll be like Monday, the, the 28th or something. So do you want to hear how good it is? Yeah, it is. It is dope. I really, really loved it. Um, it actually feels a lot more like Dead Space of all things. Um, That's. I can see that from from what gameplay I have seen. Because like because um, like even Resident Evil Four, like for as revolutionary as that was, with kind of like the behind the shoulder camera, you still controlled a little more like a tank. You know, you had to turn around and walk forward or something. And yeah. this game, it feels a lot more like okay, just like the Necromorphs, I'm gonna like cap a couple of these guys in the legs, give myself some breathing room. Oh, whoops, my breathing room has been cut short because the tyrant is behind me and I can hear his footsteps coming down the hall, like run, 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 you know, maybe take a couple of slashes and like, you know, nearly uh, bleed out, but like just run away. That it, And it it's still got that like really stupid, goofy vibe to it. The acting, <laughs> the acting is, is fine. It's fine. It's, it's Resident Evil. Um, it's no better or worse than anything else, but, uh, they still got you collecting, you know, random ass gems to like put into a statue that like opens up into a hallway that has no business existing there, but okay. Uh, <laughs> just like the original. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, um, as long as the voice acting's better than the original one, oh man there's it's like still it's i was cracking up watching the original resident evil 2 but it still had a charm to it despite the terrible voice acting it still had this like ah that's so cute it, it, it really does feel like the last vestige of like early 90s late 80s uh uh just horrible b-roll kind of action movies that you you love uh -huh. even though they are like so genuinely trashy you know and i i think it's uh -huh. important that we don't lose something like that so overall totally enjoyed it i think you're gonna love it too awesome yeah we can't wait but yeah uh uh i guess i can't i can't remember if we really touched on this do you guys have anything that you're looking forward to yourself um yeah i got we have a, a few like cowboy music videos we got an ashton mccree and uh um red dead live action so we're going to take the, the, the songs we previously done we're going to make live action music oh, videos yeah. for them so we're gonna go play cowboys in some western town whenever we figure that out and it'll be it'll be a fun shoot maybe get some horses in it so uh yeah. stunt horses that can take a fall please oh Jeez. no oh god <laughs> i'm gonna have to ride one. Oh no <laughs> well i guess i guess you can still make a music career without your legs if you if you fall off yeah i mean you don't need your legs to rap yeah. so <laughs> thanks john <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey thank you so much guys for being on the show and uh we'll wrap it up there and if you guys have enjoyed this podcast of the 1099 you can find us every week here uh every monday morning uh we're gonna have uh, amanda farrow on next week the uh, editor uh, managing editor of game daily biz and the uh, editor-in-chief of uh 
uh, a parenting gaming website that is really, really fun. And uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you learned something interesting or at least just had a fun time hearing his gab about Resident Evil or any other uh, game music out there. So uh, Christian, uh, John, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Yeah, thank you for having us. us.